first things first, rest in peace, sucker fear. For real, you the only father that I ever knew. I get my pregnant, I'ma be a better you. Prophecies that I made way back. What's up? And we are in the break room podcast. Well, welcome back to the break room podcast. Where we do that? We are in the break room podcast. Again, welcome back to the break room podcast, episode 52, Sequenta y dos. Got yeah, bro. So, yeah, we back, man. And uh, it was a cool finals. It was a cool finals, you know. Shout out to us for being right. Shout out to us for being right, bro. You know what I mean? Warriors six. Exactly. And Steph with his first finals MVP, bro, like. He, so needed, now, that. he, 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 he needed that. He needed that. Because, you know, how last episode we were talking about, he doesn't have that. That defining yeah. moment. He doesn't have. He doesn't have the finals MVP. Well, now he's got the MVP. You know, and, and within these finals. Sorry, say it one more time. I hit the wrong mic. <laughs> I was saying, and with the within the finals, I mean, he he averaged you know thirty one six boards, five assists, and um, you know had the that the marquee you know forty three point game in game four, closed out with you know last night with thirty four seven and seven, and I mean the three point shooting. I mean he had what one two three four. Performances of shooting fifty percent or better from three, I, I I think he definitely deserved it, and I I'm I'm proud and happy that he did finally get his finals MVP. Yeah, same, bro. So Steph was going off this entire series, except for like that one game he didn't hit a three. It was that game five? And yeah, it went all for nine. Yeah, and the team stepped up around him. You know what I mean? Which they kind of needed to, because I feel like he's for the most part carrying them games one through four. So the team stepped up, came back, and then they closed out in. <laughs> Uh, in uh, Boston, so um, that's major for them, and it's just heart soul wrenching for the Celtics. Like you see, Tatum, we just talked about a pop up, pop off on occasion. You know what I mean? Like pop off on occasion, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, bro, with this whole little thing he had, the whole Kobe thing, bro, and the I'm, let his soul rest in peace. Like yeah. I'm, I'm tired of it. Leave, like, leave Kobe out of this. D book. Yeah. Jason Tatum, just just leave him out. But hold on, I think all of them had the little twenty four patch on their uh, jersey. What was that? Like I was first, I, I saw Tatum, but I'm like, okay, it's just Kobe. Then I saw Jalen Brown with. I'm like, I, I, I guess know, it's bro. more Kobe stuff. But then I, all of them had it. I was like, bro. Um, nah, I, I had wait, it. wait, wait. Didn't they change? Aren't they changing the name of the MVP? Uh, trophy to the like Kobe Bryant yeah. award or whatever. The finals MVP they gonna change to the Kobe Bryant award. Or, it was that for the All Star game or something. I, I, I maybe had something. I don't know. Okay, okay. I don't know. Come on, say I didn't know about that. If that. No, I'm pretty sure that, that, that they're changing. Like they're giving Kobe an award. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I don't, know, I don't think they're gonna change it from a Bill Russell award. Nah, yeah, nah. It, I think it's the final, the um, All Star game. All Star game. Okay. Yeah. And that's cool, man. But. Um, yeah, yeah. It is the NBA All Star game. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So with that. With Steph winning this and finally putting these people to rest, talking about oh, they they need a KD and Steph is everybody was it, talking that talk. They was trying to say, "Oh, your wife can't cook. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you can't do it when if, yeah. if it's just y'all." Hey, Chef Curry. And bro, it was perfect because it was against the Celtics, number one two defense team in the league. Yep. And they it ain't like no excuses. It wasn't it wasn't an easy win. Yeah, no, they were balling. Like the Celtics were balling. Like Jalen Brown. Side question: What do you think about this, the the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, the Batman and Robin thing? Do you, what do you think about that now? Because I I said this last part. I think Tatum only goes off of one half, and then he's quiet the other half. Yeah, they definitely got some evaluating to do with that. I don't think it's as you know 
cut as maybe people thought it originally would be. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course it's Jason Tatum. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Jalen Brown plays like meaningful basketball a lot. I just feel like, like you said, Jason Tatum doesn't do it as often as Jalen Brown. But when Jason Tatum does do it, it looks better than Jalen Brown. Okay. Very great point. Well said. So, I think what my original thought of the two were was that, you know, Jason Tatum's ceiling is a lot higher than Jalen Brown's, right? You know, he has the length, he can shoot, he can move just as quickly, he can do everything, you know what I mean? But, like you said, Jalen Brown plays meaningful basketball. All his shots, you felt them, you know what I mean? Uh, Tatum's, all his shots were felt in the first quarter, and then after that, it was, what? Can can we talk about the strategy that they had uh, coming into the game? What's up? I, I don't know if you peeped this, but essentially, the like first half of the first quarter, the Celtics were just working like a guard or like, you know, like Jalen Brown or Marcus mm-hmm. Smart into the high post on Steph. They get him switched on to Steph and then they get the ball and then start to run a set off of there. They were doing that and that's why they started busting them by like double digits like in the first couple minutes of the game because they, they was just having a hard time. And I understand that, you know, you can't sit there and run the same set constantly over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, teams will adjust. But I feel like they kind of like fell off that game plan. Uh, maybe uh, Golden State started to, you know, adapt a little bit more. But I felt like they just kind of abandoned that a little prematurely, and that was really, to me, the big change. Because then the last, what, was like last three minutes of the first quarter, going into the second quarter, they ended up going on a 21-0 run, I believe. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And bro, they fell into the trap of trying to shoot threes back and forth with the Warriors, because they got into a huge deficit. Yep. And this this is the main problem that I, I saw. Get they get back every possession. Yeah, this is the main problem that I saw with them. You had they kept trying to get the switch off on Steph because Steph is the smallest guy on the court. So they tried to put Steph in the post with their bigs with Al Horford and Robert Williams, and they weren't necessarily moving him as easily as they should have. Well, they weren't going for the two, and I was surprised because I saw Al Horford down there a few times with Steph, and he still wasn't backing him down. I'm like, bro, take him to the rack, like you know what I mean? Like, but you're not. They weren't doing it, and so they tried to play the uh, the short, the quick game with them, trying to come back with threes and all that, but they weren't falling. And then, so they abandoned the tools. They they abandoned a gradual comeback, trying to go back for the trying to go for the quick comeback. And I think that's what really hurt them in the end, because you're not going got the greatest shooters of all time. You're not going to go back and forth with threes with them. So yeah, I mean, basketball's a game of runs. You're not going to sit there and get it all back in one possession. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the number one momentum team in the league. Like they will win off strictly momentum alone. So oh, oh yeah, they will deplete your yeah. energy, bro. Every three from the Warriors feels like a dunk from Ja. Like it's just yeah. every every single time. Or you can say jaw dunks are just like uh, or vice versa. Because like those types of plays, not only are they like highlight plays, they look good. They're gonna make your team look bad, but dude, the the, the energy just gets sucked out of the arena. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you, did you see that one play? I think it was in the third. No, it was in the fourth. Draymond was just coming up court, and he just casually passes the stuff. He doesn't cross his half court. He just pops it, just like just throws it up. And just, yeah. The net hardly moves, and it's just... This is one of those shots. Back to D. Like, no, it's the greatest shot I've, like, ever seen in the finals was, like, as far as, like, just... Eh, maybe not. That might have been, like, the sexy thing, but, like, the shot that, like, was so memorable for me was when the Lakers were playing against the Magic. So I was living in Florida, so a lot of people were rooting for the Magic. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I want Kobe to get it. Bro. Kobe hit this shot from, like, straight on three. And... I'm pretty sure he kind of kicked his feet out a little bit. You know, didn't have the room to land, but, you know, back then that wasn't much of a rule. 
the net did not move at all when he hit that. Do you know what shot I'm talking about? I don't remember what Ooh. game it was or nothing. I, was it playoffs? It was in the finals. In the finals. Against the Magic. Mm-hmm. And he hit a three, and they literally, the net did not move. He fell down on the ground, dramatic effect and everything. What year was it? Oh, was that oh, that was one of my last. Seven? I feel like this was one of my last years in Florida. But bro, that shot right there was just so. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Y'all said that's like yeah. right before I moved out of Florida. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, that that shot. Bro, it's filthy. Cause as soon as I look, I pull it up. It shows that shot like literally. Oh, for yeah. real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, like the net did not move. Bro, I've never seen such a clean shot. Bro, there's a few signature threes like I can just point out. Like, okay, that's one. You got, obviously, you know, for recent memory, the Dame went over OKC with Paul George. Um, okay, that is your squad. Oh yes, y'all can he, see this. Yes, now y'all can see I'm flicking them off. Yes, he did that. That was filthy. Um, hey, what about Dame? Uh, over the Rockets. It was all the Rockets. Chandler Parsons. We were just talking about that. It's Man, how long years. ago was that, bro? It's been a while. Yeah. Bro, when was the last time you heard Chandler Parsons' name? It's been a little minute. It's yeah. been a long time. It has. Uh, what's another one? Um, Steph over OKC again. Um, Steph over a lot of teams. Steph, yeah. I mean, game what, six. What, what about uh, LeBron versus the Magic? That uh, the three pointer that he like um, banked in, or D Rose? Uh, that bank shot. That bank that shot. That one was called. And then LeBron turned around like the next game of the game, like two games after mm-hmm. that, hit his game winner. Uh, LeBron back back when he been, when he went back to Cleveland and he did it over. I want to say the Pacers. Oh, that floater. No, 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 no. Not the not the floater. Uh, he got it was an inbound pass and they oh, gave it to him. Oh, it was in the playoffs oh, though. It might have been the Raptors. Rap. It was a rap. Then he did like a rap. documentary of what yeah, LeBron yeah, when he caught it, the corner, well, boom, boom, and it was just bro the rap. The poor Raptors. They had, they, they had like, you know, DeMar DeRose and Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. at the time, but they just happened to run into LeBron in like the second round of the playoffs yeah. every year. Bro, it's unfortunate. There's a full, there needs to be a full documentary on that. The coaches have been fired because of LeBron just tormenting the Rockets. I mean, the Rockets, the Raptors. But, uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, you know, those of you, because you can't see, but um, also have a video going. You know, we've been tooling some stuff in the lab. You know, I've been in the lab for y'all, so we got something going up right now. Uh, we got the podcast going, got the video going. Whoop, whoop, y'all see Trying to give it to y'all every, you know, on every platform. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna get there, bro. And uh, now to another question, right? Go and pose it for us, bro. So this one, it's it's kind of a it's a difficult think piece. Mm. Where does Steph Curry rank all time amongst point guards? <sighs> I'm hoping the floor to you, my, my good sir. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. Um, I can't give you. I can't list them one through five. No, no, no. Just, just, just oh, tell me just, where you just put my, them. Just my and top then, five. And what? Well, it doesn't have to be top five. Just where do you rank him? Oh, he. Let, he, let, he let's start there. Steph is top five. Okay. Steph is top five. Um, just about ready to go say top two. Okay. I I agree. I I think he's top two, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I just don't. So basically, the the debate has come down to me is him and Magic, right? Yes, that's it. That's it. Well, let's let's kind of look over their their resumes and stuff like that. So Magic, five NBA titles, three Finals MVPs, nine All NBA First Team selections, twelve All Stars. You know, currently ranked six all time in assists. You know, twenty second in steals. That's pretty much the, the 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 notable things. And I mean, not only did he have those accolades, he was a huge icon 
mm-hmm. you know, back in the, you know the '80s and the '90s for for the NBA. He he kind of had that little swagger, you know, that that magic, magic. behind him. You know, yeah. the, the, you're not a part of the Showtime Lakers, you know, for for no reason. Thanks. So let's let's compare that now to to Steph's uh, resume. So Steph, four-time NBA champ, two-time league MVP, the only unanimous MVP, MVP ever. Just got his first finals. MVP. Side note to that, it should have been LeBron though. He got one vote that didn't get him the, uh, the the unanimous MVP back in I can't remember what year it was, 2008 or something like that. But not trying to take weight away from Steph, but oh brother, this guy stinks. LeBron had one hater out there that didn't yes, give him the one hate. vote. Yeah, if but, anybody's gonna have that hater, it's gonna be LeBron. All right, so he's an eight-time uh, All NBA. He's a two-time scoring champ. He's part of the 50-40-90 club, which is 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw. He's an All-NBA 75-team, uh, which Magic is yeah. now part of as well. Uh, he's the all-time league leader in three in three points, and it's done in yeah. remarkable well, fashion. Remarkable time. And so, obviously, you know, he's the franchise leader, not just three-point three point shots, but points and assists mm. in the Golden State history, which is a, you know, long, withstanding yes. franchise. So, the... There, there, there's some things to nitpick at, I guess, is more of kind of what you like. Do you value the, more of the personal success? Do you value more of the team success? To me, it's kind of a toss-up. But just as Magic had impact on the game, Steph has had possibly even bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And the way he has evolved, not just his game, but his game has since evolved the league which is evolving the future of basketball and the way the game is being played on literally every single level. Yeah. From peewee to high school to your local LA fitness. Bro, literally. So, for me, it's, like I say, it's still a toss-up. Like, have you seen the uh, that Magic Johnson uh, show on uh, HBO Max? Nah, I have I have I need to watch. I just don't have HBO Max right now. Okay, so one is really the good. Waiting time? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's really good, man. It gives a lot of insight on magic and, you know, just the time he came to the league. Also dips into Bird a little bit. You know, they played each other for the college championship. Yeah. Of yeah. course, Magic yeah. won, everything. Yeah. Outstanding problems. Exactly. And so it just talks about the impact of that had on the league itself. You know what I mean? That's when the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics kind of built up and oh, yeah. it's still it's still standing today. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, and I think just also, you know, Jerry West at the time, who was the coach of the Lakers when Magic came to the league, didn't want him. Like a lot of people didn't want Magic. Um, they it's wanted too big. They wanted Bird. Yeah. So like when Bird went, they just took Magic. Dr. West wanted Magic because like you know, Magic, and he wanted to build the Lakers and the brand of the Lakers, right? Um, when I just think about all of that. You know, we don't have a Steph documentary yet. We don't know. Oh, we're going to get one. We're going to get one in we time. We're going to get one. But we don't know what that is yet. And But I think it's a lot easier to project that right now. Yes, but we don't. But what I'm saying is we don't know Steph's full story. Like, we got we got more of Magic's now yeah. the time has passed versus Steph, which is still going. Yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, for me right now, it's probably I'm probably going to go with Magic just because he had to come overcome a lot socially, like in the front office, versus I think – and Steph had to just because I don't know. I mean, Steph it. did have injuries to overcome early on in his career. Very true. They almost moved off of him instead of Monte Ellis. Mm-hmm. But the oh man, what what team was was the Mavs? I don't think they they wanted. Uh, it might have been the Mavs. Whatever that trade package was that got Monte Ellis up out of uh, Golden State, mm-hmm. that team didn't want Steph because of his ankle problems. Mm-hmm. So man, the league could have been different. Monte Ellis 
could have been the, the the face of the Warriors. Very much could have been. Um, like I said, just me. Like the, the, overcoming injuries is a big thing, but I'm not gonna say it's like it's special for every player. I'm not trying to make it sound like injuries aren't significant, but at the same time, everybody deals with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's pretty universal across the league. Yeah. Versus but like Steph just had just like the worst ankle in the world. It seemed mm-hmm. like at a certain point. Bro, no, true. And uh, but for Magic, I remember uh, you see this on the show. He had some teammates. I can't remember his name right now, but uh, I'm not trying to spoil the, uh, the season of people who haven't seen it. But anyway, he played one of his teammates. And they was like, oh, he's gonna be the new point guard, and you know, a lot of his teams were kind of doing that little rookie hazing or whatever. Um, and it seemed like he just had to overcome a lot socially. Even though I'm pretty sure there was a little Hollywood spin on some of that. You see, but I don't think I, I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I think you're leaving out the most important aspect of him overcoming social things was the fact that dude literally has HIV and played in the league, like had to retire and then like yeah. the whole situation because of that. I was getting that, to that. Yeah, I was yeah, that. I was getting to that. Part. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Getting, we get into all that. I'm just talking about in the beginning. Yeah. Like, Magic has a long history, you know what I mean? So, yeah, also changing the, the whole point guard position with the passes and everything, needing the whole HIV thing, and still carrying that. I, they didn't show any of like people what they were saying outside of basketball, but I'm pretty sure it's bad. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, I'm sure, sure, sure that was the worst of it. Exactly. So not just like you know fans, but teammates or other guys you're playing in the league. Like so, nah, man. So for me, it's probably gonna be Magic right now. Steph is a close number two. Now if we just going on court. Steph's book is still being written. That part. So I I I, I love playing devil's advocate, you know, with you and stuff. Mm. But I, I I still I agree with you. I think as of right now, Magic is still number one. But when it's all said and done, and and Steph, you know, puts the the cap on the pen, closes the book. I mean, the only thing that I guess you're really it's like the finals MVP thing. It's like Steph has yeah. one. Magic's got three now out of five rings, and Steph's got one out of the four rings. So I, I can see how that can be more of a an issue for some people. Yeah. But what statistically, I think Steph's going to be a little bit more dominant. I mean, he's already has a three point record, and he's going to. Yeah. I'm not saying double it, but like he's going to. Yeah. It, it's going to multiply. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think as of right now, I would say Magic is number one, and I would say Steph Curry. Second best point guard of all time. That's right fine. Here I'm with it. 2022. I'm with it. Hey, but we're going to finish our list up in just a minute. We're going to be right back in a couple of minutes, couple of seconds, whatever. So, yeah, man, follow us on the Breakroom HRU on Twitter and the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram and Podcast one on Facebook, man. You can find us on all your platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me at 3 the last underscore king on Twitter and my boy Evan at Evan Schumark. See so, yeah, man, we'll be right back in a little bit, man. Y'all take it easy. up the little conversation we were just having about you know where does Steph rank all the time and we both unanimously have him at number two right now behind Magic so if you had to kind of like round out a top five maybe not specifically in order mm-hmm. who would uh, fill out that okay so we got Magic Steph um, Isaiah Thomas 
I can probably go um, Nash and the, the last the last two are between it's actually the last three are really tough so I got the last three I got Nash I got Chris Paul and I got Russell Westbrook so you've, you've come around on, on Chris Paul actually being a top five point guard after we had a whole discussion yes. about it. he was right off, he was on my six he was the number six and I even thought about when you said Oscar Robinson last time then I thought about Russell Westbrook and I was like Russell Westbrook is a better Oscar Robinson yeah exactly so um, then I can't so I can't just ignore even though Russ had a tough season uh, Socially, you know, in the media this season. What do you mean by that? But still get the same numbers, but whatever, you know. I can't ignore what he's done. Granted, you know, he has an MVP and Chris doesn't. Chris has, you know, assist titles and obviously Russ is the triple-double king. You know what I mean? So, but all those numbers don't equate to what Chris can do for your team. He makes you a competent team just by him being on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it's tough. Also, Steve Nash has, a, has an MVP. You know I mean, also has assist titles and all this other stuff. So, those are my three. That one of them has to fall outside the six, out the six. But I'm kind of, I'm not really sure. Those are my bottom guys. Fair enough. Yeah, those are the guys that you're uh, playing around with. Yeah. So if I had to go ahead and give a couple other names to kind of conclude that five, um, I would probably say. All right, so I, I think Chris Paul's top five. We've already established that. Um, man, I mean, even though I just told you earlier, like, I don't really, like, respect too much of, like, the 60s and, like, basketball and, like, you know, the part of the 70s and this and that. But, I mean, Jerry West is the logo. He's, mm-hmm. he's widely regarded as, like, one of the greatest players. So, I mean, I, out of respect, I, I'll, I'll put him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do agree with your uh, Russell Westbrook and like the Oscar Robinson thing because it's like he's became more of what Oscar Robinson was and mm-hmm. did it more consistently. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm just not sure if like I just don't think I feel comfortable saying Russell Westbrook's top five. Okay. I mean, um, I would probably f- Steve Nash. See that that's a name that I'm like okay hey I I, I might be able to to, to mess with that because Steve Nash was was definitely you know a, a very very good point guard and. Um, trying to think i don't think there's anybody else i mean hey hear me out i'm not saying he is top five but a guy that is should be in the conversation more that's not it's definitely uh tony parker tony parker i feel I was, like he's I was, very slept I was on. actually thinking about him i feel too. like he's a very slept on he just don't have he's probably top 10 i just feel like his name he is already been, i he feel like he's already 10. been he forgotten 10. about he's he's solidified in my top 10 he is i i really cannot believe that I feel like Tony Parker is becoming an afterthought. I mean, when you play already with, when you play with Duncan, it's like so the people we named were the guys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Tony Parker. I mean, was a guy, but when you're talking about one of the best power forwards to ever play the game, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I mean, it's it like, is a little hard to when you're when you're in the shadow. Yeah, me. but hey, it's not like he didn't have a big old shadow of his own for other people to follow behind too. So true. We saw what they were when they left. Well, it was funny. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even... Well, the Spurs are all now, so... Yeah. It's, it's always funny whenever, like, teams and, like, players, like, you know, once they move on from there, a lot of things can kind of be brought up later on. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, 
oh, all the Spurs, oh, everything's, oh, it's, we've heard nothing bad about Pop, no weird things, oh, you know, I've never heard about um, Tim Duncan and uh, Mono Ginobili, like, had some, you know, ignorant beef or something like that. Yeah. But then, the Celtics medical staff, I feel like, has just consistently been getting ripped for the last, like, couple years. Yes. And Isaiah Thomas had a, um, a comment to make about how when Robert Williams was told by the Boston um, a medical staff that his knee was fine to play on and everything, he literally tweeted, I've heard that before, LOL. So I, I want to get your thoughts about that. Do you think Isaiah Thomas is petty, or you think he's you know in the right to, to make those comments? Man, because um, as we know, he had that huge hip injury yeah. and everything back back when he was in Boston. So I don't think he's being petty at all. I mean, it can be seen as that way, but at the same time, a uh, former player speaking on the the matters of a current player, it's like it's like when we see other podcasts complain about stuff or complain about you know advertising or people they work with things like that. it was like, hey, I know what you're talking about, I feel you. It's like you're not being petty. You're just like. I feel you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you just pointed out, we do the same thing. I've been there before. Like, you're trying to bring more, more attention to what they're talking about right now. So it's like, it, it depends on who you're asking. For me, no, I don't think he's necessarily being petty. I think he's really just trying to bring more attention to it because it's not right to kind of not protect these guys. So, how about you? Yeah, I, I don't think he's being petty at all. He's speaking his truth. Mm-hmm. And his hip injury and how it was mismanaged, mishandled, you know, however, you know, he feels, it, it, it derailed his career. Yeah. Straight up. So, I believe he has every right to speak his truth and I think his truth is, there, there, there might be more to it than it just being his side of the story. Yeah. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. Because we know teams a lot of times are just like, hey, go out there regardless. We don't care. Yeah. Uh, it's a difference between being hurt and being injured. That part. It, so, mm-hmm. like, yeah. They're, they're, well, which, it is, it is, it is I, I, I used to like it hate is. that philosophy But I'm like, I see what you mean But it's like, if I can't go, I can't go yeah. Like regardless of what you want to define it as Like, I can't go Yeah. Fighting for my life Y'all killing me with this Oh man I feel like I was traumatized Like I just I just heard like a certain voice yell that like, Yeah, that's the um, You know, the old athletic uh, trainers in high school Yeah, uh, yeah. we had a dude uh, named Doc And then we had a female who was like his assistant We called her Doc It <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> But anywho Yeah, bro and it's, uh, The Rockets though Making making some, some moves though And I was But before I give my, my thoughts on this trade let me, let me tell y'all what happened So Christian Wood who we thought would be a great piece to, you know, build around on this team. We yeah, talked about this before. If anybody was going to move, it would be Christian Wood. Yeah, yeah, just go ahead and just... Give him the boot. Fuck about it! Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. have acquired Christian Wood. Straight up. And then now, the Rockets will be receiving the 26th pick, which is a first-round pick this year. Boban... Mark Janovich, I had to make sure I said that right. You know, the big old dude. You know, everybody's, you know, best friend. The One of the largest Caucasians on this earth. <laughs> um, they got, seven, he like 7'4"? He, he is huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's something like that. They got Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, and Sterling Brown. So I'm going to go ahead and get my thoughts on this situation real quick. Go ahead, bro. I think that the Rockets got bamboozled. I think they could have gotten more. Okay. That's I, true. That's true. I I think... All right, Boban, all right, so you got to place like a big for a big. That makes sense. But the role that Christian Wood plays and Boban is going to play is like polar opposite roles. True. Trey Burke, to me, is like, yeah, I, 
you know, he's a good like bench player. You know, he's not going to be a huge difference maker. He can get buckets though. Mm-hmm. He can. Marquise Chris is kind of the same thing. It's like not much of a difference maker in Sterling Brown. Like, eh. The first round pick to me is like the best thing here, and I think Christian Wood is just worth more than the package that the Rockets got for him. What I, okay, so what I'm thinking is some of those guys have played here before already. You know what I mean? So we were going. I'm thinking they're probably just going to flip them for something. Yeah, wasn't later. Chris here for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking some of those guys we're just going to flip later. You know, for something else. I can't see into the future what it's going to be, but I doubt that they traded them to get those guys back, which we already traded them away to keep them here. You know what I mean? So I'm pretty sure they might flip them for something. I'm, Raphael Stone. Um, I don't think he's a bad GM. You know what I mean? I'm. I think he's far from bad. I think he's. I, I think he's actually decent. I think he's pretty good. He fixed. Daryl Moore's issues as soon as he left. So yeah, uh, I would have just liked to see a, a bigger name. I, I feel, guess I feel that I feel like that. a Tim Hardaway like, Jr. Yes, yes. They probably wouldn't have came off of Dinwiddie, but like, what about even like Dwayne Finney Smith? Get, get give the Rockets another like big that can stretch the floor a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, Bullock, some, something like I, I just yeah, I just feel like they just got. The short end of the a short end of the deal, but at the same time, Christian Wood needed to be gone. Like so, think about all his. Let me list some of his on the court issues that he's had. Right, he's had he's been he's walked out of games. He's gotten into verbal arguments with uh, uh with the coach. Um, can't remember his name. Just uh, I, I can't remember his uh, name either. Oh, oh man, oh, um, I got it. Hold on. He anyway, he's gotten the verbal uh in game arguments with the coach with the head coach, Stephen. Silas, there we go. Steven, he got in the verbal arguments with uh, Steven Silas. Let me read to his numbers, right? So, with the Rockets, here we go. First season, forty-one games, and uh, I'm looking for his talent season. Yep, yep, yep. And t- average twenty-one points, one point two blocks, average two turnovers, and about. Right around eight rebounds a game. Solid. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, 21-8 and, you know, 1.2. Mm-hmm. Uh, second season, by 18 points, by two uh, two turnovers a game, one block, about one steal, right around nine, 10 rebounds, you know what I mean? And he played 68 games. Now, you think, oh, those numbers aren't so bad, but here's more of the on-the-court stuff that I'm going to talk about. Let's look at his injuries. So, from 2018, ankle, uh, no, left middle finger, 2019, ankle, 2019, knee, 2020, knee, 2020, uh, another 2020, right foot, 2021, knee, 2021, ankle, 2021, ankle, 2021, knee, 2021, ankle, 21, ankle, 21, ankle, 21, 21, knee, 21, knee, 21, knee, then 22, illness. That's a lot. That's a... It's a long list. That's a very, very That's long That's like list. those CVS receipts. You know how they're like absurdly yeah. long? Yeah. It's like one of them. He's you, he's not reliable. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, I get because he's a great player. Like, we, we, I remember when he first came from Detroit, I didn't know what oh, he was yeah. trying to be. I was like. Caught everybody by surprise over yeah. here in the age. But he turned out pretty well when he did play. But he didn't play too many games. I just list how he listed out all his injuries that he's had. That's a lot. I mean, how many times is it the same thing? Ankle and knee. knee ankle, knee, ankle, knee, ankle, knee, ankle, knee. It's like finger here. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, I see what the Rockets are getting at. 
I'm with you. I do wish it was for bigger pieces, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure this is something that Dallas probably brought up in the trade. Like, you're trying to get us, but at the same time, he hasn't played for y'all, so we'll, you know, and it's been health. So why would we give you anybody who's reliable for somebody who's un- irreliable, unreliable? So would would you let's just say rather scrap Marquise Chris and Sterling Brown for like just a Dorian Finney-Smith or a, a Reggie Bullock? Mm. Like I, something like that to to more replace the role yes, that he, he plays. Yes. But at the same time, like the Rockets have no identity. Like they aren't good at anything. They aren't good at points in the in the bucket. They aren't good at points outside. They aren't good at the mid range. They, they got they got guards that are electric. Yeah. <laughs> but like my thing is it's still now you you took all right, so now like the big man used to be like one of the, like the better pieces. Now mm-hmm. now to me that's like a, they've opened up a significant weakness. Yeah. Unless they think um, Sangoon Sangoon's gonna like turn up this year, which I think he I can, think he can. But you, can. you still need like another a sure piece. Yeah. Like I was just gonna say, you just need like more a veteran piece. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Um, I believe. I, like I believe in Sangoon. I know you do too. Um, I do get what you're saying about uh, somebody who has you know somewhat of the same skill set as Wood, but mm-hmm. they didn't get that. Now, the only thing I can kind of say in their defense is that, like I say, they have no identity. They aren't good at anything besides pushing the ball up court, running up and down the court. That's it. They're young. They're too well, I'll run you. They're small, but we don't have the shooting to back it up. So it's like, we. I think I know what they want to do, but at the same time, they just don't have that already. So, I mean, hopefully in the draft they'll address some defense. Cause I think you should probably start there a little bit. Everybody can play offenses, you know. The one thing everybody on the on the court can do is play defense. Everybody can't shoot. Everybody doesn't have a mid range. Everybody can't, you know, have a layup package. But everybody can play defense. So, I think that's probably where they'll start. I think that's what they're looking at for because Christian Wood isn't really good against bigger. I mean, big bigs like other big bigs. Yeah, so, yeah, like a true big. Yeah, yeah. He's a bully. Like he he's good against guys who are smaller than him. So, I think that's just that's just the thing. The one thing I was thinking about uh, as far as them getting rid of him. So, what do you think their starting five might look like next year? Ooh. Um, okay, Green, Sengun, um If they – I don't know how they feel about uh, KPJ. I, I, that part. Yeah, I don't know how they feel about him. Because I think him and Green, like their, their games are similar – but I feel like if they found a way to mesh it, it would be like it'd be great. Very electric. Yes, yeah, it'd be great. Um, I think in the draft they might go for uh, what's that? That forward. Um, I can't remember his name. Jabari Smith. Yes. Chet Holmgren. Jabari. Okay, yeah, the one from uh, Auburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Rockets have what the third pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's gonna be between Paulo Bonchero, Chet, um, and uh, Jabari. Yeah. I think it'd probably be the three names. I think if they get Jabari, they'll put him in the starting lineup. Uh, See, I, I like his shooting. His shooting would be great. Mm-hmm. He, he, I think he would be a really uh, good piece for the Rockets, yeah, especially for what they already have. Definitely, because he's not like a mad handles type of dude. Mm-hmm. Like you, you got Jalen Green to do all that ISO and this and that, yada yada. So, I, I, I like I like, like mm-hmm. Jabari uh, from from Auburn. Yeah, he's a great good, he's a great communicator on defense, and that's also what they need. Um, as far as one more, that's a toss up. I want to see what they get for. Uh, What's his name? Our vet that we had. I just already forgot his name. What was his name? Oh, Jason Tate. No, I said vet. Oh yeah, so he's not. Um, um, 
six man of the year, former six man of the year. Oh, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. I was thinking of a big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eric Gordon. Yeah, I want to see what they get for Eric Gordon and what they get for John Wall. I mean, I doubt they get anything significant for John Wall, but I think if they package them together, maybe, and maybe a draft pick or something, they'll get something, you know, decent. Yeah, I definitely think um, the future is still bright for the Rockets, yeah. even though I don't think they could have gotten as much as I would have liked for them to get. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Deshaun thing. It was just like, eh, I would have rather changed a couple of like the back-end pieces to make me feel more comfortable with the trade. Um, but I still think the future is uh, absolutely bright for the Houston Rockets. Definitely, definitely. Hey, and that's going to wrap it off for this segment, man. We're going to be right back with our last segment. So, yeah, man, hey, follow us on all our socials. The Break Room HOU on Twitter, the Break Room Podcast on Instagram, the Break Room Podcast One on Facebook. Follow me, three, the last underscore king on Twitter, and my boy Evan A. Evan Schumard, that's S H U M A R D. Yeah. That's it. Yo, we grab it. Y'all, what's up? And we are back in the break room, man. Episode Sequente uh, Dos. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we are back, Don. You put me on the spot. <laughs> hey, 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 nah, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he got it. Sink. Sink on the. Yeah. I, I got to think about it. It's because. You know, there's a certain point. Like I know it. Uh, I know. I know it's in Spanish. I don't know where. It's like this it plus this or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, hold on. Like it's this. this. Oh, and then we get to that. See, that's what in Spanish it's like. You know, you do think um, that. Then when you get to thirty, it's think that e, then something. Think that e uno. Think that e dos. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's what changes for Spanish. It's too complex out here. Yeah. I'm glad I'm done with it. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of NFL. Not too much going on. You know, the Deshaun stuff still going on. Done talking about that. But uh, really, the only super newsworthy things that have happened recently is a lot of coaches and uh, teams have been getting fined and getting uh, slapped down by the, by the NFL for practice violations. So Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders got fined $100,000 for excessive contact during their off-season drills. Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans, you know, right just down the road, yeah. down 59 off of Kirby, you know, 50 grand for prohibited one-on-ones during their OTAs. Mm, mm. Prohibited one-on-ones. And then Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys got fined $100,000 and are losing OTA time for 2023 Ooh. for practices that are deemed too physical by the league. So, Hundred thousand here, hundred thousand there, fifty thousand here. It's, you know, it's a lot of money for us, but for the yeah. NFL, it's it's like fifty bucks, hundred yeah. bucks. Like, ah, okay, yeah, it's like oh, you know, it's like paying you know fifty bucks to get a boot off your car or something. So what do you think about that? So I understand it. it. It's 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 too early for that, but it sounds so soft. Yeah. Okay. It just okay. it sounds bad, but I understand. Like, dude, there's no need to be like doing heads up, heads up practices, but. I want to know what they defined prohibited one-on-ones are for the Texans. Like, is that, what, you're not supposed to, is there only so many you can do? Are you not allowed to do them at all? Like, I guess I'm not 100% in the knowing of what 
they violated. Mm. So I, I really want to know what specific, like, what specific drills violate these these terms. Yeah, man. And then something else I want to know is like, who told? Was so the NFL? Was, oh, they, was the league office you, there? You, you know how the UIL like stop? I mean, never mind. You didn't play, mm. and you taps. You, you were part of taps, right? Yeah, taps. The taps ever have people come by observe your practices and stuff? Oh, because because mm. at, at my high school. Mm. The UIL was always there, especially during two days. Oh, bro, they were there hawking us. What? Yeah, because we. And the thing that pissed me off the most is the year after we graduate, after uh, yeah, after we both graduated mm. in 2016. Man, at my school, the next uh, fall, dude, they had like literally like one day of padded practice, and we were in full pads every day. Like, if we had a game on Saturday, on mm. Monday. For practice, we'd be in short, we'd be in shells, just shorts and, and helmets and shoulder pads. Hmm. Uh, that full pads, everyday full contact. See, and you know the thing was, I never knew it was like a designated thing. I used to think it was because I remember how, how did it go? We went uh, Monday was full pads, Tuesday I think again was full pads, Wednesday was shells, then Thursday was like just. Almost nothing again, like just helmet or something. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember. We, we we did shells on Thursday because JV would be playing their game, so we oh, would, yeah, we yeah, would yeah. just kind of like go against each other. Yeah, we were in shells on Thursday before Fridays. Mm. But regardless, why are we? Like, there's there's no need like to be heads up every single day. Like, it's, it's only, not. like full pads. That's so excessive. It's how so many people get hurt. Yeah. So I understand why it is a thing, and it's great for the players. Mm. But I just feel like. Excessive contact and drills is just—you just hate to see it because at the end of the day, it is football. Yeah. But it's still OTAs. Like we're not even in training camp yet. Yeah. And you know, one—I was when you when you first brought this up, I was like Ron Rivera. Yeah, I was surprised that he even let that like slip. You know what I mean? Like Ron Rivera. You know, all of you know Ron Rivera, highly regarded coach in NFL, highly respected, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean. Uh, I'm about to say everybody is except for Mike McCarthy, but I mean, depending on how you feel about him and what you think about it, how confident he is as a coach, that's you know that's, that part. That's up to you. But um, all these guys are championship guys, except for you know, not as a head coach, but um, yeah, I mean he's he's made it to a Super Bowl. He's made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, so I got a question. Out of these three reasons, which do you think is like the most petty? Oh, the, uh, what's it called? So uh, out of excessive contact and drills. Prohibited one-on-ones or practices deemed too physical? Excessive contact and drills. It's football. You have to touch somebody. You just have to. You can't get it. It's all fits. You yeah. have to. Yeah. I, I think that one is probably the worst. Because, like, prohibited one-on-ones, they probably knew they weren't supposed to do yeah. that. Now, practices deemed too physical, that's, like, a whole, like, accumulation of things, mm-hmm. which I feel like is why the Cowboys are being hit the hardest. They, they did get fined 100K just like the Commanders did, but... They're losing like OTA practices next year. Yeah. So I think that since they're like the worst violators, that yeah, I, I would definitely say that the uh, commanders hundred uh, K for excessive contact and drills. Unless they're just going heads up and smoking each yeah. other. But I seriously doubt that's what it is. I, I just think yeah, like you said, it's the end of the day. If you're a defensive line, you're not going to get any better if you're not going. You know, you working with your hands, yeah. working with the guy in front of you, giving you, you a look. You physically have to touch somebody. Yeah. Every play. So. As a defensive lineman, I think what, uh, like walk through stuff, but stuff with no helmets has got to be the worst, right? Stuff with no helmets, yeah, bro, because it's so stuff with no helmets is so petty because like you can't. It's a receiver's dream, bro. We're like, not getting touched. <laughs> thank you, God. It's so petty when you work with O line and O linemen are so extra, bro. Like when you uh, put your hands on them and it's like you don't have pads on, so you can't like really do a move. 
So if all it takes, if they give a little amount of effort, they, exactly. They're, Let's go they're, grab you up here. They're doing. You know, how many, you know how many camps uh, I, I've been to uh, this off season for all these high school camps and stuff, and great competition too. I mean, I'm not talking about these are just no slugs. No, these are some of the best dudes out here in the state. Mm. I've seen shirts getting ripped. Yeah, they're doing this. Dirty, it's like, oh like, man, like I get, I get it, but it's it's excessive. Yeah, and that's how I feel about. Whenever I, I, I'm a wide receiver and I'm running, and the DB's, you know, grabbing at my, my hip and mm-hmm. pulling on my jersey stuff, and I'm running. So, for people on the camera, you know, when you run, like, phew, phew, phew. well, imagine, you know, I'm standing up. Phew, phew. But I'm sitting there, like, running, the whole time, just smack their <laughs> wrist so I can run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Get well, you off of me. So, how does annoying? So, hold on. So, did you like no pass with the, uh, as a receiver? Oh, bro, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I'm not getting right. touched. Even if it's like a press, it's like a. It's like not not a hard look. I know I can go across the middle and not worry about my soul being evaporated from my body. Mm. Hey, shells, uh, you know, Justin, when you're uh, the helmets, seven on seven, receivers' dreams, bro. Now I I'm not saying I didn't enjoy eleven on eleven. Obviously mm. I did because that's the game of football. But yeah. there's just you know you gotta keep your head on the swivel. Ooh, a little, 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 little more uh, concern in the air. Mm. Yeah, bro, I just hate it. Like, I hate it when it's not pads or anything, when it's no pads and it's clean. Um, going like. I bet you're one of those guys that's like Oklahoma Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just like, oh, here we go. O line and D line, bro, when you do it, when you do no pads, so it's. And you got your DC or your D line coach, get around him. Do say. It's like, bro, if I go. If I go I'm hard, not trying to bash my head into his nose. Exactly. But <laughs> like, you have to, like, if you were to go hard, you would, somebody's getting hurt. Like, you just can't. Yeah. So. But you know how it is. You know how coaches be. And I get it. I, I feel like we're now just kind of getting into a balance to where it used to be just a straight-up coach's world. Go back and watch the old Hard Knocks. That's one thing Ooh. I noticed. The last two seasons of, like, the Hard Knocks, and I remember, like, the old Ravens one, the old um, Bengals one, the old Cowboys one. It's like they were hitting, like, almost every single day, like, full pads. I'm mm-hmm. like, that don't, that's not football no more. Yeah. Because people want to see that for the whole regular season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to kind of compromise, and I feel like the players are starting to get in their way which I feel like is a, the, the correct way. It's good. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good for the league, but sucks for uh, the Commanders, Cowboys, and the Texans. Yeah, bro. So moving on to the last thing. Who's hot, who's not, bro? Hey, go ahead and tell people who hot. So for who's hot, man, look into the camera, bro. Look into the camera. Come on, I put my hat back. I put my hat back. Hey, hold on. Let's get Yeah, yeah. It's us, man. It's, it's a little hot here. It's us. It's so us. hot, eh? <laughs> it's the break room. We called it Warriors and Six, man. Yes, we sir. called it after the Eastern Conference Finals. If you didn't see the post, go check it out, man. It's on the page. Hour after it concluded. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sensational. We called them the Six. We said it. We like that. Yeah. Listen here, man. You get it here first. Yeah, hey, listen. You you come here, you're going to get a couple things. Yeah. You're going to get some entertainment. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You're going to get some knowledge. Yeah. And guess what? You're going to get greatness. Mm. That's what we do. We yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a little, little Chef Curry going on right now since we had to get him. All of that, man. What the finals MVP? So, yeah, man, it's us for who's hot, man. The break room. I'm about to say, well, I'm going to say, what's the thing? That super hot fire, that, that dude that be, uh. You're a victim. Mm. Here we go, CSI. Yeah. Man's not hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, the man who's not hot is Jason Tatum. Not not because he lost the finals. It's just because of his Kobe antics. Like he's trying to be Kobe. Stop trying to be Kobe. I think Kobe, like his game, you can try to mimic his, you know, moves, his post, fadeaway, you know, baseline, all this and that. 
you can't you can't mimic the mama mentality. Instead of looking for the Kobe blessing, let's like address the Kobe curse. You know what I mean? Like the two Kobe curse. Hold on. Yes, the Kobe curse. So Kobe is one of a kind. You know what I mean? Granted, if you want to say he was like Jordan, whatever. One of a kind. There was one Kobe Bryant. One, one mamba, one black mamba, twenty-four, one, and eight. Yeah, and eight. Froby, the bean. Froby, yeah. So, but then you have these imitators. You got Devin Booker, and then you got Jason Tatum, man. There's probably some other guys. Who these want, false idols. These false idols. <laughs> you know what I mean? So these false prophets. They just, you know, every time they're trying to do the Kobe thing. False they, prophets by J Cole will be the concluding song to this. Absolutely, <laughs> they've lost the finals. So you know, this has been two times now. In a row. In a row. You had it with Devin Booker and the Suns. Stop. Stop trying to be cold. Stop trying to be cold. You have it, Jason Tatum in the, in the Celtics. It's like, all right, when when Jason Tatum sent that uh, text, it's like, all right, bro, you you got your one. You won your game seven. Like, don't 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 go to the well too often because it's gonna run dry. Mm. Uh, what happened? Huh? Did did the uh, the Bucks win in six last time? Last. When you say last, what do you mean? The finals last year was it six or seven. Six. Mm, I can't remember. Dude, I want to. Ah, that's a great. Call. I think it was six. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't exactly six. remember. It was in six. All right, yeah. Both have lost in six. You what? What? I'm pointing at the camera. No more false Both prophets out here. Have lost in six. Do not try to be Kobe. You are not him. You are not him. Be the best version of Jason Tatum you can be. That's it. Come on, D-Book. Be the best D-Book you can be. Be the best JT you can be. That's been all. That's all for the break room, man. Episode 52. Quarenta. No, ooh. That's 40. Sequenta y dos. Sequenta. Yeah, man. So y'all take it easy, man. This has been all for the break room podcast, man. Follow us on the break room. HOU on Twitter. The.breakroom.podcast on Instagram. And the.breakroompodcast1 on Facebook. Follow me, three... The last underscore king on Twitter and boy Evan at Evan Schumard. See ya man, y'all take it easy, man. See y'all next time. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Be like this. Be like this. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Be like this. Somebody should have told me it would be like this.